Okay, what's going on people? Um, it's your boy Goldman Blacks, welcome to the Midweek Team Talk Show. I've got DJ Kai with me, what's going on brother? What are you saying man? Come on my G, what's going on fam? So, um, as you may be aware, you may not be aware, I'm all about like motivation and inspiration and basically it doesn't really matter what walk of life you're from. If you're trying to set something up or if you're trying to achieve something, especially within business, I want to know about your story, I want the world to know about your story, but more particularly, I would like to know about the failures that have happened. And I'm guessing like everybody wants to know about that side of things in order to kind of find out how you came about overcoming these um, trials and tribulations and then what you did to move forward, innit? So we're going to have some hard-hitting questions. Hope you don't mind about that, but... um. Before we begin, why don't you just introduce yourself to the people, tell us what you do, what you're about. Okay, well, I'm DJ Kai. Um, I've been DJing now for about five years or so. I started doing like little birthday parties and, you know, house parties and stuff as little kids do at that age. House parties, yeah? Yeah. From what age? From about 16. 16? Yeah. Fam! So, come on. Uh, professionally now, like okay. about five years. Right. Um, started getting into the events industry, wedding industry, my family involved in the catering industry. Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of fuse everything together and uh, just doing events and weddings as a whole now. So, um, and I also DJ on the BBC Asian Network. Yeah, we're going to come to that because that's a big accolade there, right there. That's a big, what, BBC Asian Network, yeah? That's dope. That's dope, that's dope. So, if we take it back a bit in terms of... um, in terms of what you just said about, like, you started out by doing house parties. Mm-hmm. So when you was doing these house you was, what, 20, how old? Yeah, I was about 16. 16. So at that time, did you know that this was what you wanted to do? No way. Did you know no that this way. was going to be, like, your business? Was you even thinking entrepreneurial? No. Like, was you... Really and truly, I didn't even think that it'd work until I was about 21. Okay. So I've had a big gap where I didn't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just doing it when people asked me. So it was just like... Just did it. I was okay at it. I wasn't even that great. Yeah, how did you even get into it? It was an accident. One of my mates, he was, he's a DJ as well, DJ yeah. Triple Four. Who, who Shout out Triple Four. Come yeah. on. He like basically, he was like, cool, come help me on this event. Come do this with me. So I just used to just turn up, help him out, help him set up and stuff. And then as time went on, he was like, I'm going on holiday. Take off this event. Oh. Like, just chuck me into a deep Bro, without realising it, man, <laughs> groomed man, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> But you know what? Sometimes you need that kind of not necessarily luck, but like those opportunities to just come your way. Because in essence, he was almost like a mentor to you, right? Yes. yes. And and I'm guessing he he helped build you up, build up your confidence, and the passion just grew from there. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's like from that I started doing it, and even then, I still wasn't taking serious too seriously because I was thinking, all right, cool, I'm gonna go with my boy, or I'm gonna help my boy, and then that's it. That's all I saw of it. I didn't see anything for the future. Um, then my dad turned around um, and he was like, cool, I'm going to do this catering event. They asked for a DJ. Mm-hmm. So we do it. I was like, oh, cool, let's do it. Then I realised, like, you know what? This is actually a viable thing. Why don't mm. we just do this as a package? Mm-hmm. DJ, catering, it worked out. And we didn't do big jobs even back then with the catering. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just like small henna parties, birthday parties, these kind of things. So um, we started offering it. It's like getting a bit more popular, a bit more popular. Um, just word of mouth I've never done no advertising no marketing anything yeah. like that so it's just all word of mouth people started booking me more and more and more um, I used to work in retail um, so I used to just work in retail and then do this on the side and that mm-hmm. was about it I've always helped my dad from when he had his restaurant for the next amount of years 
Um, oh. So I learned that stuff, like with catering, serving, waitering, um, food, all sorts of stuff. So I guess it's just a way of me fusing everything together and supporting each other, really. And um, it worked out as now a full-time thing. So just honing in on what you just said about your dad, when you now decided to take this seriously, mm-hmm. what was dad saying? Yeah, 100% like he was just yeah. doing it. He was like, call like family members that were like, no, nah, you can't do it. I want to know about that. I want to yeah. know about that. <laughs> so a couple of my like my uh, family members, they were just like, I shouldn't name names. Should no, name them. <laughs> name right. and shame so, them. <laughs> <laughs> Those aunties <laughs> and uncles that were trying well, to stop, man, you, you know. know them as well. So like a couple of my uncles who were also involved in the restaurant, yeah, yeah. they were just like, oh, like you're too young, you don't know what you're doing, and yeah. this and that. And they were just like, oh, you're just so... Even my mum, she was just like, how much money are you making? Like, Because that's the doing? thing. How, how did that affect you? Because the reason why I want to know that, because I, I know, even with myself, yeah, like where I've tried to set up so many different businesses, I've had so many different projects, and some of them have worked out well, some of them have failed. But the one thing that's been constant is somebody older than me telling me that I'm not doing the right thing. Mm. I don't know how it affected you or affected anyone else out there, but it messed with my confidence a bit, like yeah, my self-belief yeah. a bit, do you know what I mean? Like, because there'll be times where man's struggling to make it happen, but I know that it can work. But because the people around me and the naysayers and like some of the voices that I'm hearing, there's just a lot of doubt that's just being built in. Like, yeah. How did you deal with that? To an extent, I mean, there's been dreams and goals that I've had from when I was a kid mm. that my family were like, oh no, you shouldn't do this, you should do that. Being in an Asian family as well. What, education? Education like Africa, was 100 like, You're not a doctor, that's an it. engineer. That's it. <laughs> like, I was, I've been very academic from when I was young. Mm-hmm. I've been academic. I went to uni, I did all that stuff. Um, but... I went to get into sports and stuff like that, but my parents told me I didn't have, well, told me that I couldn't really do that stuff and it wouldn't work out. And to an extent, I think that they were true because I can't, okay. I don't think I can compete on that. <laughs> nowadays. What was the but sport? Was it football, football cricket? Football, okay, cool. Football. So it's just like, I thought I could pursue it. I was quite good at it, but mm. then as time went on, everybody else just got so much bigger. And then man, growing. I just stayed like, like the five, eight, five, nine. <laughs> That's it. So it's like... <laughs> I realised that I couldn't do that stuff and to be honest that was a good thing for me to be like so it's not a negative thing but so I'm kind of used to that saying okay cool you can't do this Mm -hmm. but to be fair like because I didn't really take it too seriously at the time with the events and DJing and it wasn't a problem I didn't really care it didn't really matter Yeah. so um, as time went on I just started seeing that the bookings started coming in coming in regularly and then they kind of saw it and they were like okay cool it's viable it makes sense it's working now so like you're doing well with it Let's turn it into a family team. That's it. And now we're all doing it together mm-hmm. and um, it's working out. So it's, just, it's a full-time thing now. Dope. Before it was just like I was struggling for events. Mm. Like once a month. Now it's like a minimum once a week. Once a week, minimum. minimum. minimum once a the week. bread is getting that's it. buttered right that's now. It. That's it. Yeah, and that's still dope. nowhere where I want to be yet. But it's, it's, but it's the journey, right? It's all about the journey. It's all about like starting from humble beginnings getting to a certain point and then this growing like full scale growing in it so um so going back to what you were saying about your dad as well and him having the restaurant um how old was you like has that always been in the family that has yeah so my dad's always been in the trade mm-hmm. um he's worked in places managed places and one day just turned around and was like yeah i'm gonna get this place uh village tandoori which you've been yeah, to, yeah. Um, very nice by the way yeah very nice if you want to plug it plug that yeah, village tandoori i mean it's the best indian that you could go to come on but um yeah, so he kind of showed. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be able to do this without. Even though it's in a whole different industry, I don't think I'd be able to run my business as it is now. Let me ask you a question. With catering, because that's my background, and I fell into that by accident as well. But what I find find about the catering thing is that, especially when you're working back of house as well as front of house, mm-hmm. 
it's very methodical. Everything's about timing it. Timing is is crucial to the catering industry, and I feel like it's it's a good ground to break a man mm. or to make a man, isn't it? Mm. And is that what you're saying when you say like yes. without that you wouldn't have been able to do certain exactly. things? So like you said, with time, it's all that organisation. Make sure you got everything on point, and you have to be a hundred percent. And food, you can't mess around. No you way, to, not with people's belly. Exactly, so you have to have it cooked. It has to taste a certain way. You have to set. An and it's got to be consistent all exactly. the time. Exactly. Yeah. You got to remember with the restaurants, it's seven days a week cleaning. So mm. my dad's making sure that's one hundred percent. So I learned everything from there, mm. and um, that's exactly the, all the managerial stuff that I learned, all the service stuff that I learned, all the operations processes that I learned was all from that. And I just moved that over to what I'm doing now. And that's really often the story of a lot of entrepreneurs, you know. They started out in their in their dad's restaurant or their dad's oh, yeah. bakery and then do you know what I mean? They all of a sudden became a millionaire. So I, I guess you're in the in the right in the right the come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're getting there, we're getting there. Alright, cool. So so you've gone through that whole process, you you're learning the trade, dad's on it, the family's supporting you. Um I guess my next question would be, okay, once you figured out this this was viable, what kind of problems arose did anything did it just go smooth in the world for you no way so it's like i took a big hit as i said i used to work in retail so i thought to myself i can't focus on this unless i'm on it 100 percent. so even though working for somebody else was always regular income and it allowed me to be stable i took a big hit i was like cool i'm gonna leave that and i'm gonna focus just on doing events so you dived off the bridge you I just left everything. it everything i even stopped working at my dad's restaurant so you stopped before. all forms of secure income coming that's to you that's it that's a big so risk man it was a big risk and i did struggle for a good couple of years it didn't take like couple a, what two three years it took two years two, two years. years two years minimum so i think it took about two two years three months probably like before like after march i remember remembering one march and i was like cool the events are coming in now so because they're very seasonal the so that was the first thing is just like okay cool i've left the job and now i've got to do this 100 percent. but then events is not something that people walk into a venue or a shop and say cool i want to book you for this yeah. and to be fair i was a nobody that nobody knew mm-hmm. and some people to this day still don't know that i do certain things mm-hmm. and especially in my community because it's not really it's not often that you hear a bangladeshi dj yeah now like, i i don't know that and I'm not sure if all the viewers understand what you're saying, but could you just shine some light on what you're saying yes, in terms of so Bangladeshi like, DJs and whatnot? There's not dancing is not a massive culture of us. We watch dances. Okay. So whereas we don't turn up at a party. <laughs> okay. That's what it is. You, you're saying that you men are not as lit as the other men. Man, them. Okay. Cool. Saying, <laughs> but they still enjoy themselves. Yeah, in yeah, certain yeah, ways, yeah, yeah. But they'd rather like watch performances. Okay. As opposed to dancing, but it is changing with time. Yeah, it always happens. Generations are changing. Uh, but it's taken a long time to change. So for me, but the thing is, I didn't even learn in my own community. I learned in another like, set of communities in the Indian community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and with my fellow DJ, DJ Triple Four, it's in the Mauritian community. Okay. And they love their dancing. Okay, so, so you've got like a a nice mix of different like cultures said, there. I've learned so many genres like just from doing this stuff alone. So it's like, I'm trying to, I, what I tried to do was take that to what I'm doing now. And um, it worked out. So. But to an extent, like people don't, I didn't really promote myself mm-hmm. as a DJ to my own community. Why is that? It's because it's like people will be like, all right, so what's he actually doing? Until this day, people still ask me, like, do you actually DJ? Do you actually mix? <laughs> or do you just call yourself a DJ? This is very rude. <laughs> That's it. So, so you're not saying or you're not promoting as much? Is, was that due to like 
the fear of what people would say. 100%. I was scared of like Not scared, but I was just like, I didn't want people to think a certain way about me because even to this day, there's this like kind of stigma that people say, okay, DJs are out partying, you know, and doing the, the well, nonsense. Well, let's be honest here, cuz. You went not spinning them decks, cuz. <laughs> And everyone's turning up. Oh, I wish I could say it was that glamorous, but you know I've got a bad back of that now. That's yeah. all the equipment lifted. That's the There's the stuff that people don't see. That's it. The glamorous side of it is, you know, when you're having a good time okay. and the crowd's having a good time. But a lot of the time I'm there, like, hours before setting up the event, making yeah, sure everything's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole day thing, like, so... No one yeah. will ever see that, that slog, it. that grind, man. And that's, that's it. It's that grind that actually determines the level of success, isn't it? Because it's that bit there where... Some people were like, do you know what, this is long, it's not, it's not worth it. Mm. You know I, I, mean? I do feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Because like, even when I was setting up events and I was thinking, you know what, I could work for someone else and earn the same amount of money and I don't have to do all this. Mm. And then it got to that stage as well and it goes back to what I was saying about my family and my parents and the community. They were just like, is this actually worth it? Are you actually going to gain any business from it? Mm. But um, no, it just kind of proved them wrong really. How does that feel to prove people wrong? No, it's good. It's, it's a good, good feeling. Very good feeling. Yeah, because it's so weird. Like you see, like some of the things we're talking about, especially in I feel like today's day and age where everything's kind of. I'm sure you're using social media now to promote yeah. your stuff, right? And because everything's kind of like social media based, you get it's it's weird because if you overdo it, there's the people that are close to you are more than likely oft, often the ones to like knock you down. Or knock you back or be like, what are you really doing? Like, yeah. And then you get some indirects and some people be like, oh, you know, the ground's just full of fake people and this, that and other. Like, yeah. How do you deal with all of that stuff? I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes it got to me. Like, and I As in it got to you people. or does it, get, does it still get to you? No, it still gets to me. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Because like, even with what I do, some people like say, okay, cool. The Asian scene is not what you want to be in. Um, but I've never restricted myself to just the Asian scene. It's just mm-hmm. something that I'm good at. Bro, the other day, this guy hollered at me and was like, do I have any Afrobeat playlists? Yeah. I like what you're about, yeah, bro. of course, of course. And how did that go? So, yeah, so I just got a random request from an Asian Bengali person. Yeah. Um, and she was getting married to a Ghanaian person. So bang, bang. Ghana in the building. That's it. So, um, yeah, I needed to, and I smashed it. Mm. Wicked. And... I've got experience, obviously, working with AJ on the Beats. And Shout Google. out my guy AJ yeah. on the Beats right there. So we've done, like, certain things together, and he's kind of taught me. He's been a mentor to me as well for mm. a couple of years. To us all, bro. Yeah, like, he's, he's shown me, helped me, and because he's a bit older than me, he's given me a bit of guidance in what I should do, what I mm. shouldn't do. So, um... Ayo, did you pay this guy to say what this guy now? But, yeah, so it's like, I've been learning from him, and I, I think, like, recently, um, I did, like, a, an Afrobeats mix, put it on SoundCloud, and... That's how I got that job, actually. Mm. So there was going to be another DJ booked for that event. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody else that I know from the industry was like, listen to his mix. Mm-hmm. And I actually made that mix with Iowa. So it's like, he kind of guided me, said, look, use these songs, mm-hmm. do it this way, do it that way. I let him preview it before I released it. Mm-hmm. And I released it about a year ago, I think now. And after a year, it got a response. only now. Reaping in the, the exactly, fruits. Exactly, so I've gone straight away after that one. I'm going to bring out another one soon as well. And um, that's why I messaged you about the songs and stuff. Mm, because mm. Um, it's not just Afrobeats that I'm going to stick to. There's so many other things, like so many other 
even if you like listen to radio and stuff nowadays, everybody's switching it up, changing it. Have to, have to evolve, man. And it's good. It's good. But you've highlighted a really good point there, like in the sense that you can't stay within your remit, your comfort zone. You have to break through and break out. And not only that, you just got to keep talking to people and keep showcasing what you do, regardless of what anyone says. Yeah. And I feel like I've got to a point right now where I, if I could, I don't swear in it, but if I could swear, I'd say I don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I'm at a point where I just do not care what anyone has to say mm. because I believe in myself, I believe in the God that I serve, and I know that, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. whatever destiny I have to fulfill, I will fulfill it. Um, so, now nah, it's, it's good that you've been, you're able to, to see past that and throw yourself into the deep end like that, man. So, what's happening at the moment? What's the biggest well, thing? Actually, you, you said something about BBC doing a set on that. Yeah, so... Um recently let's say about i think it was in the valentine's actually mm-hmm. so uh, i did an event um in east london and i've done an event a few times with this presenter her name is nadia Ali, and um she kind of noticed me at these events and we've been speaking but it's never really i've never really asked her like can i be on the show or mm-hmm. can i do anything um don't get me wrong she's been like the plug for all bengalis like she's the only one like who kind of promotes all the music community like community as a whole is she bengali as well she's bengali okay. as well so she's flying the flag. hundred percent. Let's give her a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. A round of applause for her. But um, she's the only, she's been here for like what five, six years, something like that. She's been here for years, so she's very well known in our community. Um, and she basically forwarded, not forwarded me, but a friend of mine just basically said, "Here, check out this DJ. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of mine." Um, and it's just good to have show. friends, guys. Don't <laughs> be introverted, okay? She, she, took, she took that kind of, you know, that awkwardness. Yeah. And she just did it for me, basically. Just but they're friends. Broke the so ice. It worked out. Um, she just checked me out, and she was like, "Cool, I want you on the show." In the uh, weeks. How did you feel though? Because like, it's one thing getting the gig in it to do it on the show, but it's another thing being recognized yeah. for your talent yeah. to be able to get that gig in the first place. Yeah, being someone like her who's very, very well known, and um, she's got a bit of a rep behind mm-hmm. her. So I felt honored to be for someone like that anyway and uh, I was happy I was really happy with that because um, just telling people cool I've gone onto her show it's a good feeling I was happy it's like I've achieved something mm-hmm. I didn't expect to achieve I didn't think I'd ever be on that show ever. yeah but not even on the show like on the station man it's yeah. like BBC bro yeah, British no. Broadcasting Corporation like it's big lucky. do you know what I mean so I count my blessings for that like, yeah I count my 100 because of the um, kind of response that I got from my live mix there um, she called me back on and now I'm a resident DJ on that show. So. You're even a resident DJ yeah, on the show yeah. now? Yeah, so I, I basically do a mix at the end of every month on her show. So now aren't you like just thankful that during all them hard times you didn't give up? 100%. If I gave up, I would never have met her. So it's like, it gets, if we go back to what we were talking about where people were like to me, cool, are you not making enough money? I actually met her on a charity event. So you mm-hmm. don't make money on charity events. So I met her on a charity event. So if I would never have taking up my time and my money to go to this event I would never have been able to have a conversation with her do you do so, like charitable events yeah, often? yeah all the time all the time so and what's your reasoning behind that? it depends on the cause so um, if I see that there's a good network of people around at the time that I know and I'm good with and mm-hmm. we work well together um, it's a way of supporting each other mm-hmm. so I mainly go for that reason it's because I want to support my fellow people in the industry mm-hmm. and it's for a good cause mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what cause it is um, everything's always a good cause so whether it's you know, something to do with what's happening in Syria whether it's cancer whether it's what's happening in our communities um, it's always, give, it's always good yeah. to give back of course it's good to give back and it's, it's a good way of networking as well 
so it shows people that you're active and what you're doing and um, it's just it's a free form of marketing as well mm, it's mm. not just there to for the charity it's for you to meet other people and you might get more charitable events that way as well and I have that's every time I go to these charity events I meet new people and we always support each other so it's good it's good and in, in the industry that I'm in the only way you get somewhere is by supporting each other. You see, with the whole music industry as well, I don't I, explain to me within your community how it works because I, f- I tend to find that within the entertainment industry, not everyone wants to help everyone get up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not big enough. Of course. And like once you're up there, people just want to hold on to that, dominate for as long as they can. Of course. It's like they, they behave like arson. They don't yeah. want to let go of yeah. the reins, you know what I mean? Pass it on to the youngers. Have you come across that and yeah. how have you dealt with that? Yeah, I have. I mean, um, I've been offered jobs that I wanted to work with from years back. So there's companies that I wanted to work with, um, not approached them directly, but I've kind of said, cool, like I'm available, been declined, you know, and now I've started to get that bit of recognition. Mm-hmm. They've come back and they've said, Cool, we're not for your job now. Are you making them grovel? Yeah, and it's kind of not <laughs> grovel, but um, I've just because I'm just focused on doing my own thing now. Mm. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, it's like you said, they kind of they do do that. I mean, I guess it's in every industry that mm. they do that as well. But I feel that there's enough work for all of us out here. It's not really like look how many artists there are out there, for example, just like in the R&B scene. Everybody's getting listens. Everyone's getting paid mm. to do it properly. It's just mm. about how you go about it. So I think even with what we're doing as well in the events industry, it's the exact same thing. There's enough work for all of us. And it doesn't matter, like you're saying, but I don't restrict myself to just Asians. Sometimes I'm getting Greek weddings. I'm getting, as you said, Nigerian oh. weddings, Ghanaian weddings. Like I'm getting all sorts. So it's like, and in the Asian community as well, there's not just one set of Asian people. Mm, there's so many groups, of us yeah. that, and because I can do nigga across all borders, like I'm good. So there's more than enough work for all of us. So there's a, there's a lesson to be learned in that, man. Just make yourself accessible. Humility as well, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're a cool guy, do you know what I mean? But aggressive with it, though. Are you aggressive with it when it comes to entrepreneurship? Or are you just... To an extent, I'm aggressive with the rate of work that I'm doing. Like, okay. You've probably seen me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm up all hours. Yeah, I'm doing 100. what I can to, to make things happen. And even if... It's, I might not be physically doing something... But I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm writing, I'm doing like, you know, diagrams and all sorts of stuff to just have the thought processes. Mm. Because sometimes, like, even when we've met up and we speak, we speak about a thousand things. <laughs> but it takes time to process and there's certain things that work, some things that won't mm-hmm. work. And that's why we have to, like, kind of have these times where we just, there's no such thing as downtime. No, no such no, thing no. as downtime. You've got to make it happen. All day um, long. So, and that's exactly what I'm doing right now, is just spreading that work rate and then, so what what makes you different in terms of like events management the whole DJing thing um what what makes you different like like how are you approaching the business like because obviously there's 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 tons of DJs out there tons of event managers out there like how are you thinking because I find that also when I speak to a lot of youngers or entrepreneurs coming up or even people that have already made it like and I'm not I I'm nowhere near making it but the thing that I'm getting a lot from people is the vision. People's vision ain't that big. It's like, mm. I'm here and I'm cool, do you know what I mean? And I'm going to keep like rinsing this until the rules fall off and then I'll go to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for about five years now. So it's like, I've started from doing the most smallest jobs and I've done like, some of the biggest jobs that I could ever do. Um, like I said, I'm nowhere where I want to be yet either. Um, but the approach that I take has always been the same though from when I started. Uh-huh. <laughs> I go very... Um, personal with my clients 
Okay. When with your events, this is a personal thing, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing weddings, uh, charity events, these kind of things. They've got to be very personal, and you have to kind of take care of the event as if it's your own event. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a couple or if it's a charity, you got to make sure that you're you have the same views and attributes that they have. And I try and be a personal in that way with mm-hmm. them. So I try and take on all the responsibilities that they have, and I try and bring it with my team and how I'm doing things. And I take care of it that way, and then that's how we will progress because we support each other. Fantastic. So um, the way I make myself different, it's not only because I do a range of things. It's not just DJing that I do. I do the whole production work mm-hmm. as well with lighting, you know, screening, all those kind of things. And then we've got to the catering side. We do a bit of decor, event planning, organization in the day. So there's so many things that we have that I have experience in, and that's what I've been able to do. Use my experience as a whole to kind of put everything on the one roof mm. and it gives like a one stop shop for that's all it. things that's it that's it so if you sometimes I don't have it but that's why I've got these neighbouring partners that mm-hmm. support me and where I meet these people at certain events and charity events and things like that and they support me and we will help each other out so it's still under, kind of under one roof um, but you won't overcome these kind of barriers unless you work hard at it mm. that's exactly what I've done so how big is your team how big is the team the core team. team. The core team. There's about four managers, um, and they all are active on events as well. Okay. So everyone that you see on my events are also in the offices as well. Oh wow. They're on the phone. They're planning the events as well. And I think that's the best route that I took. Yeah. Was by doing that. So I've met a couple of boys um, and one other female who already worked in the industry. She taught me so much stuff, and um, she was just in the catering industry. Um, but even then, we've just catering. It's not just cook the food and serve it. It's how does your day plan out? Mm. And she taught me all these kind of things as well. Um, and then with the DJs, um, I've got doll players, which are drummers. you got, sorry? They're, they're called doll players. Okay. So it's like an Asian drum, basically. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, like, like the African talking drum or something. Exactly like similar okay. to that. So you cool. mainly do it for like entrances, mm-hmm. and then you sometimes do it when you're, the crowd are dancing and whatnot. And they all turn out to DJ. So I kind of just switch them over to kind of plan the events because they already know what goes on mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what's best to have the people so before them. all of this were you guys working individually yeah so were you the one responsible for bringing everyone together but that's real yeah. like leadership you know yeah, that's yeah. real delegation no, no, definitely. Definitely. Like, that's proper we wouldn't have made it happen if we didn't all come together and do it because it was just a matter of you know always having a phone call and be like cool can you come at this day can you come at this time but now we're all under one roof that's what I was going to say how do you operate Are, do you still operate as individuals and then come and collaborate or both, are you both. okay yeah so kind of because we all have our own clientele so we've got people that will book us personally okay yeah, forever, yeah, yeah. basically yeah. and then we have some events that come through our company mm-hmm. as well at the same time and um so yeah that's how we spread it out and actually it's only the other two guys that work with us they're from another team okay so they have their own team as well so then when you look at it now it's a much exactly, of a bigger exactly. team so i've got my own team mm-hmm. and they've got their own team mm-hmm. And we just fuse together and we support each other. What, what what was the thinking behind that? Because once again, the, like what I said with that, lots of people lacking vision. Some people can't let go of their baby. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like at some point, you have to let the baby grow yeah. up in it and yeah, turn course. into a child, and then from a child turn into a teenager and whatnot. But some people, and I find this with creative people the most, mm. like they just don't want to let go, and they don't know how to like let it grow, and then. It becomes too much, and then there's a burnout. Like, how did you identify that? Who taught you uh, that? Do you know what? My family is the biggest thing because my my dad, my uncles, they've had businesses. It's worked. It hasn't worked. And um, you gotta listen to the people around you. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna surround yourself with greatness. Arrogant is 
her ignorance at the mm. same time as well. Mm. So if you're going to be in a way, be really stubborn and think, don't get me wrong, there's passion behind these certain things that you're going to say, cool, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. And I respect that. But sometimes you've got to sit back and listen to what the other person is saying yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I listen to other people in them sentences and what's right, what's wrong. There's people younger than me, there's people older than me that are teaching me every day. Some of the kids on my team, they're like early... Oh, you got youngers so, on your team yeah, as well? Yeah, of course, from That's 16 dope, to 18 man. years old. They're teaching me things every day. You know what? Somebody told me, and it was a younger as well, that one of their uncles must have told them, like, look, you know what? God gave you one mouth and two ears, so what you need to do is listen twice as much mm. as you speak. And you know what, like... That's something that, we, that's common sense, isn't it? We should all really know that. But the way my man dropped it on me, it was so profound. I went home and I was like, nah, this is something I have to know. You know what I mean? Like, no, you do, you do. And sometimes you have to, like, don't get me wrong, I, I have certain times where I'm, I'm an advocate for that, for kind of doing my own thing and it's worked out. But you learn from these things as well. Mm. So don't ever think that you, I ask a thousand people before I do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Edgy on the beast will probably be uh, <laughs> one person that I always chat to and I'm just like, yo, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Yeah, yeah. I ask him about a thousand times before I release something yeah, yeah. and um, he turns around and he says to me if it's good or bad and I would always listen to that yeah. because he's had so much experience. And it's the same with the events. I'll ask the people around me, what do you think of this? What do you think mm. of that? And I've had failures. I've had mm. so many failures with equipment. With Talk about equipment. some of that, man. Yeah, like I've, I've bought the wrong equipment before, for example. Mm-hmm. Or um, I've invested in certain things that I don't need to invest in. Like... You have to. I want to know the ins and outs. I took outs. a massive hit once with a Dex that I bought that I didn't need. <laughs> why did you, okay? So why did you buy them? Do you know that you did, or you just wanted them because they were I name brand? Because I wanted them. Because they were shiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was, I want that shiny it. thing. I was like, what is so bad? And it was just purely for image purposes. Yeah. So I got it, and then I realized that I've got two two of the same thing, but this one just looks nice. Yeah. And um, I took a big hit on that. And I shouldn't have done it. I should listen to the people around me. But these things, I've, I've learned from it. And now I don't buy nothing unless I tell or ask other Us. people that I'm going to get this. What do you that think? makes so much sense, man. Because once again, like people just make that mistake. They feel like, you know, like, there's, what's the saying? There's more than, I don't know, one way to skin a cat or something. Like, that's something the same. like that. Yeah. Like that. Like, sometimes you don't need something, but because you want it, you think it's the right thing for your business. But yeah, there's other ways of looking at it. And a lot of the time, for you to be able to understand that, you have to speak to people and you have to get advice. You have to seek counsel. So, bruv, you got this on lock, bro. To an extent. To, I'm nowhere where I want to be yet. There's somewhere... I've got an end goal that I want to be... In Is that something you can share with us? Like, yeah, yeah, so basically I want to be sat like this behind a desk <laughs> and <laughs> sit with people at our jobs. But no, it's mainly like I want to... I want the people around me to be comfortable. Um, I want to do... I want to have more of a fun element to what I do now. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I have such a like, fun in my events. Mm-hmm. I work with like more or less family. Mm-hmm. The people that work with me are more or less like my family now. Mm-hmm. And brothers, sisters, we all work together and we're doing our thing. And um, I think this is the only job that I've done that I enjoy going to. I've done so many jobs and um, I've woken up every morning and I feel to myself, I can't be bothered. I don't want to go. Mm. But this one, I will happily stay awake for two days to just do it. Two days, like, yeah. That's my cut-off point now. Two days. It used to be five <laughs> two days. days maximum. As I got older, <laughs> I just realised like it's, it's getting to that point. But yeah, so I, I want to be at a point where I'm enjoying myself. I want to do a lot more kind of production work, tailoring events in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I haven't reached that part yet where I could... Let's say, for, for example, this kind of place. I want to create this in certain venues, for example, or festivals. Okay. Um, and I want to create kind of 
create events as opposed to just tailoring it to the way that the customer wants. So when you say create events, do you mean like a kind of theme, like an experience? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's exactly it, what I do, right. an experience thing. But I don't want to do it just events. I want to do it for like catering as well. Mm-hmm. So like having world foods in one uh, destination and having people come and try different things. And uh, I'm a big man of culture. Like, I have a lot of culture around me. Um, and I'm lucky to have that around me. Mm. I want to be able to learn and do as much as I can. So I've got people from you know all sort of world around me. Um, I want to fuse that all in one place and kind of do a certain kind of a project or a movement where we're all working together and we're all doing certain things together and that's something that's important to me because I wouldn't be here today with you if I'd, we didn't meet through certain ways and certain means and, we, and same as Marvel. Funny, isn't it? We met through gym and... Gym, and that's it. What's going on? Hey, I don't even know why I wore a t-shirt for this, bro. I'm, like, I'm so embarrassed, bro. Ah, oh, bro, you're alright. Um, alright. Hashtag. Your friends all about that motivation trying to understand the trends spotlight on local legends coming up from the end dreams become reality so please don't sleep with them please don't sleep on them or let gravity hold you back from what you're supposed to be